The success of almost all of our favourite books, films, comics, video games, like almost every medium out there, their success rests on the main character. It's usually the person we're rooting for, the hero, the luminary. They're the reason we're tuning in. They're essential. So what happens if you take that person away? If you remove the one character crucial to the story? I mean, what would a 007 film be without James Bond? What would Super Mario be without Mario? Disney without Mickey Mouse? What would Garfield be minus Garfield? Well, on today's show we're going to find out. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. (coughs) Excuse me. Meet your maker. I was an 80s kid, and Garfield was big in the 80s. It was a daily newspaper comic strip by Jim Davis that started in 1978, but really exploded in popularity in the next decade. It basically all revolved around Garfield, the orange cat, and his owner John and John's dog Odie. The gags on the strip would always be about how lazy Garfield was, his obesity, and his love of lasagna. I can't stand lasagna. That's Dan Walsh. When microwave meals came out at first, when I was kind of living on my own in my 20s, I used to get these microwave lasagna things and I lived on them for like a couple of years and now I can't even look at lasagna without wanting to puke. It's awful stuff. Dan is a technology manager here in Dublin and like me, Garfield was part of his childhood. You know, when I was a kid, we had the little, those letterbox books in my house and in the 80s, for a lot of us, it was an introduction to panel comic strips. And then you get to this age where you were a teenager and the humour wasn't funny anymore. And there was a lot more sophisticated stuff like Calvin and Hobbes that had started to appear. And so that's where Dan and Garfield parted ways, in the 80s. Our story doesn't pick up again for another 15 years, so we're just going to have to fast forward through Dan's life. Sorry, Dan. Okay, whoa, whoa, okay. So it's 2006, and specifically it's 2006 on the internet. So YouTube had just arrived the previous year, Twitter had just launched. Cut to Dan on his laptop on a message board called Truth and Beauty Bombs. He notices that people are starting to post Garfield comic strips on this message board, but with one small change. Someone had airbrushed Garfield's thought bubbles out, so the strips were just John, Garfield's owner, talking to his cat. The guy who who posted on there, he said, I think this makes Garfield funnier. He didn't apply any sort of theme to it or anything like that. He just said, I think this makes it funnier. And everyone agreed. Dan noticed that every time these strips were shared around on message boards, it was always just the same five or six strips. So I thought, like, well, why isn't anyone... There's 30 years of Garfield strips. Why isn't anyone looking at doing this to any of the rest of them? And that's how I started doing them. I thought I'd dig into the archive. And instead of just continuing to remove Garfield's thought bubbles, Dan thought it worked much better if you removed Garfield completely. The ones that made me laugh the most were the ones where it got really depressing because of the removal of Garfield. Like, there's, it's always been there. I wasn't changing anything that, that John was saying. But the ones that I saw that made me laugh the hardest were when he came out with this crazy depressing stuff because Garfield was gone. So I made a kind of a judgment call to take it in that direction at the beginning. Maybe the best way is um, to give you an example. 
There's one I created way back in 2008, and it was my favourite one. It's three panels, as usual, the typical Garfield strip. I removed Garfield and what he said, and what was left was John in the first panel saying, I'm so depressed, it's depressing. And in the second panel, he says, I'm going to go outside and shoot myself. And in the third panel, it's just a blank panel. So it's this unbelievably depressing, awful strip and I was like I, I can't believe that the how was this ever for kids how was what was Garfield saying that took the edge off that made this appropriate for kids it doesn't work for every Garfield strip though Dan says for best results he picked strips that just featured Garfield and John the thing is if you have a look at Garfield online you might have even noticed this but Garfield has never answered John ever in the entire series of comic strips because Garfield is always thinking his responses and, and John is speaking his. So everything John says is, is standalone. He's never really responding to something Garfield has said. So when I delete Garfield, it doesn't make any difference. His sentences still have as much meaning or make as much sense as they ever did. It's just as a reader, you kind of act as if in your head you seem to think that they're, they're talking to each other, but they never have done. And that's why it works with Garfield and and other comic strips. It doesn't work. So Dan gave this reworking of the strip a premise. He said that the removal of Garfield was done to reveal the existential angst of John Arbuckle. He wrote, It is a journey deep into the mind of an isolated young everyman as he fights a losing battle against loneliness and depression in a quiet American suburb. Dan had just turned a comic strip, beloved by people all over the world, into this moody, dark, brooding piece of work. Garfield minus Garfield was born. They made me laugh so much I was like, I'm going to stick a few of these on a website. That website was Tumblr, which had just started. It was very new. Basically what it did was it made it really easy to create your own website and to it was like a kind of a social media platform in the back, similar to Facebook and Twitter. At the start it was really just for Dan's friends and work colleagues. Just a bit of fun. But after getting good reactions from them, he decided he'd push it a little bit. I kind of seeded it in a few places. So I posted it on a message board here and there. I submitted it to stumble upon threads here and there just to see what happened. I'd done similar similar things with different projects in the past. And, you know, it, you'd get a tiny little reaction. I could look at the stats and see that maybe 20 or 30 people had had a look at it. And I just found it interesting to do that. But when I posted the Garfield minus Garfield strips a week later, there were just under a million people a day visiting the site. So it just went completely skyrocketed within one week. Dan Walsh is the mad genius behind Garfield-Garfield.net, a website where every day he puts up a Jim Davis cartoon with the fat cat lipoed out. And the result is hilarious. 32-year-old Dan Walsh of Dublin, Ireland, got this idea. If you're a fan of Garfield, or if you're an anti-fan of Garfield, I think you'll enjoy Garfield minus Garfield. Or did you catch the Garfield minus Garfield reference I made in the video? Let me know in the comments. Started to see it popping up all over the place. It was getting shared on Tumblr a huge amount. People who were kids in the 80s suddenly found that they were able to laugh at Garfield again because the humour was appropriate for their age. There was a nostalgic tint to it and, and people would email me and say, look, thank you so much for just... It's nice to be laughing at Garfield again. I've forgotten it wasn't funny to me anymore and now all of a sudden I've kind of clicked with it again, so it's been nice. Garfield minus Garfield was a hit. Everyone from Mother Jones to The New Yorker were writing about it. Publishers Weekly wrote, If Samuel Beckett had been a strip cartoonist, he might have produced something like this. 
In fact, Dan was getting so many hits that even the analytics service he used to see how many people were looking at the site in real time, even they could not handle it. That guy mailed me and he said, look, I'm really sorry, I had to shut your account down. We're supposed to be real time, but you've got so many people visiting that all our stats are six hours behind. So it was kind of like a victim of its own success. And it really was a success. It couldn't have been doing any better. So you'd think Dan would have been thrilled with how everything was working out. But he wasn't. I didn't enjoy it at all. I was really, really nervous and really upset and really terrified because I had broken copyright laws to do this and I hadn't had any approval or anything like that. So it was not fun in the slightest. I was like, uh, I'm just going to take this down. Coming up after the break, what happens when Jim Davis, the creator of Garfield, finds out about Dan's strip? This episode of Meet Your Maker is brought to you by Restored Hearing, a company changing the way the world hears by ridding it of avoidable hearing damage. Their founders, Rona Tower and Emer O'Carroll, developed Sound Relief, a tinnitus sound therapy which aims to reduce tinnitus severity within the first month of treatment. Emer has had first-hand experience of the dreaded buzzing. Back in the day, we used to go to lots of concerts and gigs, and then I used to also play the drums in a band. Obviously, that produces a lot of loud noise, and and the loud noise ended up giving me tinnitus. And what was the band called? The band was the Sunstroke Penguins. <laughs> They've been name-checked more this year than they have in, like, over a decade. <laughs> I can find you some footage. <laughs> Please do. No, do not. <laughs> if you or someone you know suffers from tinnitus, try Restored Hearing's Sound Relief app now with a free seven-day trial. No credit card details are required, and if you like it, you can get $10 off your first purchase by using the code MAKER at the checkout. So Dan had a problem. He had this hugely successful webcomic, but was terrified that its very success might get it noticed by Garfield creator Jim Davis and his company Paws Incorporated, and that they might sue him. And Paws Incorporated is a big company. Here's a clip from their YouTube channel with Jim Davis himself explaining Garfield by numbers. The comic strip is read in 2,100 newspapers by 200 million people in 42 languages seven days a week. Over 200 million books have been sold since 1981. Garfield's familiarity in the U.S. is 94% with every man, woman, and child equal to Santa Claus and higher than the Easter Bunny. Sorry, Easter Bunny. Sorry, I need to repeat that because it's bonkers. More people in America have heard of Garfield than have heard of the Easter Bunny. So you couldn't blame Dan for being more than a little intimidated by this huge company and what they might do when they find out about his webcomic. So he began to voice his concerns with fans on Tumblr. I was talking about it on Tumblr and the community on Tumblr would would talk back to me about it. Tumblr was quite new at that stage and the, the creators, the guys who launched it, David Karp and Marco Armand, it was the most popular Tumblr on their site and we kind of knew each other. We, we were all the first people to use Tumblr. And they got in touch with me and they said, look, we really love what you're doing. We know you're frightened and you want to take it down. We will completely protect your anonymity. If any cease and desist letters come in, we'll deal with them. We'll totally mask who you are. Don't worry about it. Please keep it up. So with their support, I was like, cool, I'll keep it going. So for the moment, Dan felt safe. Hits to the Garfield minus Garfield Tumblr continue to soar. 
as did media interest. I did an interview with the Washington Post. My name is Amy Orndorff. I am a production editor at the Washington Post. We had a section here at the Post called Sunday Source, and it was all about culture and hip things. And so back in 2008, my editor had heard about Garfield minus Garfield. And at that time, the website was doing really great. And so she asked me to write about it. And when I first read about it, you know, Garfield is really popular over here. It's one of those comics that has been around forever. And so the unorthodox way that they took Garfield out was kind of different. And I personally didn't didn't dislike it. I, I thought it was interesting, but it definitely was different than what we were used to when we read Garfield. So Amy rings Dan. And the interviewer said, we'll keep you completely anonymous, don't worry. But what's your name? And I said, it's Dan, uh, like an idiot. And uh, of course, they just, they did the interview with me and then immediately went to Jim Davis and said, oh, we've been talking to this guy, Dan Walsh, he lives in Ireland. Here's where he lives. Here's his phone number. Uh, What do you think of the website that he's doing? The one thing that Dan did not want to happen had just happened. Amy rang Jim Davis to ask what he thought of Garfield minus Garfield. And even Amy was expecting a hostile reaction from Davis. You know, I thought he would be kind of annoyed by it. (laughs) I thought that he would see it as, you know, somebody taking his work and then changing it around and making making it something that he didn't intend for it to be. But to everyone's surprise... And that was completely the opposite of his reaction to it. Which was fantastic. I, I was prepared to have an interview with somebody who would be a little bit grumpy about it. And instead he was, I wouldn't say enthusiastic, but he was excited to talk about it. And excited that his product was being consumed by another audience and rethought of in a different way. It turned out that Jim Davis had been visiting it himself for like a couple of months or maybe weeks, I'm not sure, but... It turned out he was a fan of the site himself. During Jim's interview with Amy, he said that it was an inspired thing to do and that he wanted to thank Dan for enabling him to see another side of Garfield. He said that when he was reading Dan's strips, sometimes he'd actually think, oh, I could have left that out. It would have been funnier. For everybody in a creative profession, it's always (laughs) when you look back at your work, especially after after it's been a little while, I think there's always a level of self-editing. But looking back at his stuff, he seemed to think about it in a different way. And I do think Garfield minus Garfield made him look back at his stuff and and just reevaluate it a little differently. Something even more unexpected happened a few weeks later. So I was sitting in work one day and I got a call from Pause Incorporated, which is his company. And they went to me and they said, look, this is Pause, the copyright holders of Garfield. Don't panic. We don't want you to take the site down, but we'd love you to work with us. Would you be interested in that? And I said, well, of course, like I was floored. They wanted to publish a Garfield minus Garfield book. So what they said to me was, You help us make this book. The book is ours. We make our money from the book. And in return, you can keep the website and do whatever you want with it and put as many strips up there as you like. So I was like, great, yeah. So I had complete freedom then to be open about who I was on the internet, put an email address up there, start talking to fans, start doing a Facebook page. So it was really good. It gave me the opportunity to stop hiding all the time. 
With an email address finally up, now there was a direct hotline to the creator of one of the most famous webcomics. I got a huge volume of email, actually, and 99% of it was positive. I got one or two people just getting really angry and, and like, really insulting. And I, I, I was like, this is so weird. Like, why would you get so wound up about something like this? A lot of the time it was, like, people who were crazy probably had the house full of Garfield fuzzy toys and all that kind of stuff. Who, A lot of people just didn't get the joke. Maybe nine out of ten people found it really, really funny. But there was, like, a... Uh, that one person out of ten who would go, I, I just don't get this at all. What's funny about this? Like, and it's it's funny to see that actually. You, you forget that it's so subjective, and uh, that there's always going to be one person who's just they're not tuned that way. And so I'd get a lot of email from them going, I don't know what all the fuss is about. Like, I'm a big Garfield fan. You just ruined it. What the hell is this? And why? Do, who do you think you are? And they get really angry about it. It's really funny. The description on the site, though, uh, and this is important, it could have, I guess, gone wrong, is that it's about this lonely, depressed man having a breakdown in the suburban life in the US. And the comic strips are always quite depressing. The important thing and a really nice thing that happened was that I got a lot of email from people suffering with depression who said, thank you for doing these. Whenever I read them, it reminds me to laugh at my own kind of struggles and it, it's kind of meant a lot for me to, to do that. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, it was a really nice positive thing to come out of it. Dan was a web celebrity. It's really weird. It's, you've, got, you've got such a double life, like, especially when Garfield minus Garfield was quite big a few years ago. I was doing lots of conventions. They'd bring me over to the States. I got to meet the guy who owned Keyboard Cat. His cat had been dead for like 20 years at that stage. It was an old VHS video he had that he converted and stuck on YouTube. The guys from Tumblr invited me over, so Tumblr was quite new, and David and and Marco were, they were just starting it off. The guys are like millionaires now, and I'm still a bum, but they're huge. So I was over there like having lunch with these guys who were running this massive social network, and then I was coming back the next week in work responding to 100 emails going what how, what's going on like this total flip life it was really weird work commenced on the book so i worked with them on the book and i wrote the introduction to the book i picked out all the most popular strips and and worked with them on the design and, and the book and we the book was launched then christmas uh, i think it was 2008 Dan even had some contact with Davis during the process. I think we had a couple of emails with each other. I never spoke to him. He sent me a book signed with a picture of Garfield with his thumbs up saying, big fat congrats. I think it was slightly sarcastic. So now, years after he first began removing Garfield, he does it in MS Paint, by the way, Dan is facing a new challenge. He's running out of strips to minus Garfield from. I've dug pretty much 30 years of strips. I've been through them all and now... Every every time they release a new strip, I'm first. I'm there to see if it's if it's suitable. For a little while, I kind of I I started to post strips that weren't in that uh, depressing kind of vein. Feedback I got was bad, and I wasn't really as happy with it anymore. So I said I'd rather post less strips and keep it honest to what it is, uh, rather than just keep churning out rubbish. So. Now I'll only post maybe once or twice a week when I can find little gems here and there. The 
kind of really opened my eyes to the power of the internet to help introverts to to get out there. It's something that never existed. It was always very difficult for an introvert to come up with an idea and then promote it. It just goes against the nature of someone who just wants to sit at home in the bedroom. But thanks to the internet and to social media, there's a platform now where you can kind of still be shy, but you can push your work out there and 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 have an immediate response and and get lots of really positive feedback. And you you'll see it lots of times. There's like people who've especially on YouTube, maybe they've done a, uh, some music and they've put it on there and, and become quite successful. So I think that was my favorite part of it was the, the power of the internet to kind of give like people with small mouths big voices or something like that. You know, it's, it was really nice to see that. Amy Orndorff at the Washington Post says Dan Strip really has had a lasting effect on the world of Garfield. Garfield is still published in our paper and many other papers and every now and then when I read it, I'll, I'll just put my thumb over Garfield and try to imagine what it would look like minus Garfield, which is a great thing. And I think it's even, even greater that Jim Davis embraced it the way he did. It was exceptional. It was really, it was really neat. In his foreword for the Garfield minus Garfield book, Dan explained exactly what he got out of this experience. I was in a band and I wanted to be in Rolling Stone magazine and Time magazine and like every other kid and it never happened. And then I started posting these strips online and John, the guy in the strips, he made it happen for me that I ended up in Time magazine and Rolling Stone magazine and all these places I never thought I'd end up all thanks to John and he helped me achieve what I wanted to achieve. Feature Maker is produced and presented by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme song is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Original music for this episode was by Vinnie McCreeth of VMC Sound, thanks to our sponsor, RestoredHearing.com. And by the way, we are on Twitter at MeetYourMakerIE, and our website is MeetYourMaker.ie if you want to seek us out. And one last thing. I've been working really, really hard on this show over the last few months. So if you enjoyed it, if you could do me a tinsy, teeny tiny weeny favor, could you rate and review the show on iTunes? It really helps. No, like, really, it does. Thanks for listening. See you next week. <laughs>